All right, Jan, it is time to talk all things NFL draft. The uh, the draft happening this Thursday, April 29th, or at least starting this Thursday, and then and then lasting for like a month. Um, it's <laughs> draft. It's so so spread out now, but you know. I don't mind it that much. Um, so yeah, let, let's get right into it. Let's just go. We're going to go top 10 picks predictions. Some of these seem pretty obvious. Um, other ones, I'm sure we'll have some disagreements and I'm sure, you know, like I didn't do any trades. Uh, I, I think we're, I think we're still going to see some, um, but uh, yeah, let's just get into it. I, I'll go first. Jags. I mean, they're taking Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to, they got, yeah, that's, I think that's fair. I think they're going to get Trevor Lawrence and it's going to be, yeah, I don't know what else to say. It's just going to be the most obvious pick in the world. That's just fair. Most of the the time, the number one pick, I feel like seems pretty clear. This number one pick has like been clear for three years. Like since Trevor Lawrence has come out of high school, it's been like 2021 draft. He's going to be the top pick. And then, you know, after the freshman year where he led Clemson to the national championship, it was like, yeah, there's no way. There's no way this 6'6" extremely good athlete with a cannon of an arm and, and some solid accuracy is, is not going to be the top pick. So Jags are going to get Trevor Lawrence. We all know that uh, it'll be kind of exciting to see um, what he does. We're going to talk about best quarterback and, and maybe even I might spur on worst quarterback for you later. So I'm sure we'll talk about Trevor Lawrence a little bit more. Let's go. Number two, this one seems pretty clear too. I mean, I think, I think we're all expecting it to be Zach Wilson. Uh, that's all, all the words coming out of the jets. Uh, a guy who who has a lot of big playmaking ability, and and certainly New York needs a quarterback, especially moving on from Sam Darnold. But yeah, Zach Wilson, BYU quarterback to the Jets at number two. Well, this is where we disagree for the first. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. That'd be a crazy call. Um, it's Wilson, comma insider, insider information. I called Zach, and he told me he's not going to play for the Jets. Um, he's going to no. demand a trade. Uh. I wouldn't be surprised. No. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think this one's been obvious. Since Zach Wilson made that throw at his pro day, this one has been a lock. Um, it's it's just kind of that's what it's been. And, you know, the Jets get a good prospect. We'll see if they ruin him like they ruined Sam Darnold. Um, I'm so nervous that's going to happen. I mean, I'm, I mean I'm, not even, I'm, I'm not even nervous that it's going to happen. I'm convinced it's going to happen. I think so, too. Zach Wilson doesn't have any kind of skill set that is like – impenetrable to that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I think Trevor Lawrence, if he went to the Jets, he could withstand some of the stuff. But that Zach Wilson's just agreed, a great talent. Agreed. And he still has to be built. And if he's not built the right way, he's just going to be another whatever, you know? And that sucks. But hopefully the Jets get it right this time. They get a great quarterback prospect. Uh, and that one's pretty clear, too. Not as clear as number one, but just a half a percentage point less clear. Yeah. But basically, uh, and I, I completely agree. I mean, there's there's those guys like like Trevor Lawrence, I think, and and someone like probably Andrew Luck. Um, but but you know, even you know Baker, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow. I, like most of the time, it does matter kind of where you go and and how you're handled as a young quarterback. Like it, it's like you said it, impenetrable. I think is the perfect word for it. Like most of these guys aren't because it. I mean, it's a tough job to be an NFL quarterback, and you're taking over a team most of the time in these situations, that isn't very good. So you're, you're asked to do quite a lot. Um, and and I, I worry that will be the case for Zach Wilson. I hope it's not because he, he he's shown such exciting playmaking ability at BYU that if he can replicate that in, in New York, he, he's going to be a star for a long time to come. All right, pick number three. It's 
kind of I think Mac Jones is the favorite here. It's kind of Mac Jones, Trey Lance conversation a lot. I'm going with Trey Lance. I, I think we kind of talked about this before. I just think what he offers upside wise and, and, and the kind of in like those there's those skill sets that you that are just not a lot of guys have. He he's got some of those skills. Mac Jones is, is probably the safer pick and, and and such, but I just feel like because of what Trey Lance could become and what he kind of has. Uh, I, I think the Niners, they traded up for this. You got to, you got to go, you got to have a little bit of risk. I think when, when you trade up and, and you're trying to find the guy that's going to take your franchise to the next level. Right. I mean, I agree with you. I think it's going to be Trey Lance. I know I wasn't there a couple, a week ago, two ago when we talked, but like there are two th- reasons that I've changed my mind a little bit about this pick. Number one, right. Trey Lance is the better prospect. That's just hands down. Number two, it's it's being reported that the scouts, you know, want Trey, you know, want Trey Lance and and that Shanahan wants Mac Jones. Um, and I just think that the 49ers trading up to pick three, they have to get this right. They have to get this right because, you know, they're such a good team with so many good players, but that always is only for a short window. They have George Kittle, they have Debo Samuel, they have Brandon Ayuk. You know, they, they need to really have a good quarterback answer. And it's clear that Jimmy G is not that guy. And Mac Jones, if he becomes that guy, he will not be that guy year two or even year three. He can develop into that guy four and five, fine. But you want to trade Lance to be there. Give Jimmy G one more shot at it. Have them compete in, in training camp. Have Trey Lance learn under Kyle Shanahan, one of the best coaches. You know, have a red shirt and then let him fly. And you might... With Matt Jones, you might have a decent quarterback. With Trey Lance, I, like I don't think I'm being like crazy by saying you might have a Patrick Mahomes. You might, yeah. like you might you have could. a super, you might have a superstar, right? And so I just think, you know, if it was just like, oh, it's pick number twelve, who do we pick? Then maybe I'd say Mac Jones because of the fit. But it's pick number three. You can't get this wrong. When's the next time you're gonna pick this high? You know what I mean? So you hope not next time you know like i yeah a while hopefully a while so i think they picked trey lance i know that the the buzz is around mac jones but i just think that trey lance is too good to pass on yeah i I completely agree i just think his his upside and 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 the skill set that he brings it's it it gives your team a lot more to do it's it's, this isn't a perfect comparison but because it's the niners it, it kind of like the alex smith Colin Kaepernick thing like Alex Smith was was very serviceable he had the Niners winning games I like I think they probably still could have won the NFC with Alex Smith but when they put in a guy like Colin Kaepernick the 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 speed and and the other abilities that he had as a quarterback elevated their team so much And, and that's kind of you know what I see here with Trey Lance and Mac Jones Mac Jones probably could be a really serviceable quarterback like you said Trey Lance has the opportunity to make your team extremely dynamic and and tough to beat and like, I, I, I know he played for North Dakota State, but they destroyed everybody. And he threw 28 touchdowns and zero interceptions. That's insane. I don't care who your competition is. Right. Exactly. And uh, scouts are good at their job. Like we can't just like if the scouts are saying something that you're making the wrong choice, you go with what the scouts are saying. Like unless the guy is just so immaculate that you can't pass up on him. And guess what? That's not Mac Jones. I'm sorry. It's no. not. And. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, let's go pick number four. I'll let you go first. We've So we've got our three picks. It's all quarterbacks so far. Tre- Trevor Lawrence, uh, Zach Wilson, 
and we both went Trey Fields, even if it's not Trey Trey Fields, it's or Trey Lance. Pardon me. Um, that's Trey Trey Fields and Justin Lance. Um, even if it's not Lance, it, it, I think it's it's got to be Jones or Lance. So it, we're going to start with three quarterbacks. Let's go to Atlanta. Does Atlanta go for a quarterback for the future here? What do you see the Falcons doing? Right. Well, uh, I didn't know what we were doing, so I put a trade in here. This is the one trade I have in the top ten, uh, and it's between two top ten teams. You know who needs a quarterback that I think is going to sneakily be really hard on it because there's so many other teams? I think the Broncos need a quarterback, and I think they're going to trade up with the Falcons, and they're going to pick Justin Fields at number four. That's what I'm assuming. I think Broncos are going to go heavy on it. We haven't heard anything from a team that really needs quarterbacks, but people are saying they really like Justin Fields. They're hoping he drops to nine. I don't think they want to wait for that. I think they want to get him already. They're worried that if they wait for him to go to nine, that the Patriots are going to sneak up, that the Bears might sneak up. I think they just go for it. Let's trade with Falcons. Let's get us our quarterback, Justin Fields, pair him up with our tight ends, pair him up with our wide receivers. And I think they go for Justin Fields at number four. So four quarterbacks straight drafted in the NFL. I, I love that. And, and I, I don't have, uh, like I said, I didn't predict any trades. I think this is certainly a spot where a trade could happen because I do believe they're going to run it back with Matt Ryan. And, and I think they should. Like, I, I don't yeah. think Matt Ryan's totally done yet. I think Matt Ryan has, has still a few good years left with him. Julio Jones is still great. Calvin Ridley's becoming more of his own. Uh, but because of that, I, I'm going to have them pick Kyle Pitts just because I think Kyle Pitts might be the most enticing prospect in this entire uh, draft. You know, he, he's everybody's saying that the best tight end prospect like we've ever seen. And, and we've seen some pretty good tight end prospects over the last few years. But I, I agree with them. Like you watch Kyle Pitts at Florida. He was unstoppable. I mean, the guy's the guy's basically a wide receiver as a tight end. And, and we've seen what those kind of players, Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, George Kittle, what those that tight end position can be when you're basically just using them as a wide receiver. I, I think he just has such an upside and is such a, a huge weapon that you throw in with it with a team that probably needs more help defensively than offensively, but you know, they, they can take the net strategy and say, we'll just outscore you. And uh, with, with all those weapons, I mean, Gurley still had a pretty solid year for him last year. Um, and, and I think Matt Ryan still got some, some good years left in him. So I've got them going with Kyle Pitts. Uh, let's head up to Cincinnati. Who do you see the Bengals taking? Is it going to be a weapon for Joe Burrow to throw to, or is it going to be a guy on the line to protect him? They don't need a weapon. They don't. They have Taj Boyd. They have T. Higgins. They have great weapons there. A.J. Green was a non-factor, so him moving to Arizona doesn't mean anything. They have great young receivers. A.J. Green hasn't uh, been you know, Maybe they need years. another player that they can get in free eight. Yeah, I, I just, but I, like, I just think that like, what happened to Joe Burrow last year? Was it that he didn't have receivers or was it that he got clobbered? He got clobbered. He got clobbered. So, like, what are you going to drop with your fifth pick in the draft? A lot. He got, a lot. So, you're going to get Penny Sewell. That's what's going to happen. You're going to get Penny Sewell. You're not going to be dumb. You're going to protect your star quarterback for decades to come. This is what you're doing. So, they're going to get Penny Sewell. I, I know people are like, oh, Jamar Chase with Joe. Yeah, okay. If they do that, they're dumb. If they do that, they are dumb. That's what I'm saying. I, Jamar Chase is a great prospect. Penny Sewell will protect Joe Burrow, and that's what you need. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I think Jamar Chase is is a fantastic receiver, and and I'm, certainly he would help the Bengals. But look, if Joe Burrow doesn't have time to get Jamar Chase the ball, then it doesn't really matter. And you know we've talked so much about this the past Super Bowl, how important and, and KC have seen it with their trade, how important protecting your quarterback is 
particularly on those tackles. I've got him going with Sewell as well. He's he's the best tackle prospect, the best offensive lineman prospect. And, and you know, even you look at like Seattle, Seattle's got a really good quarterback and everyone loves DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett's a really solid receiver, but they can't protect Russell Wilson. So they can't do anything. If you don't have, you know, that stalwart there that that's going to keep your quarterback upright, then it, it doesn't really matter about the weapons that you have. So I completely agree. I got Penis Sewell going number five to Cincinnati, Miami. I'll go on this one. This is where I've got Jamar Chase going. I, I do think he's going to be the first wide receiver off the board. I know Jalen Waddle and, and, and Tua Tungvaloa have a little bit of a relationship, but obviously Demonte Smith as well. But I just think Jamar Chase is the most prototypical receiver. Uh, and, and I think Miami needs that top receiver. They've got a really good defense. I, I think Tua, I'm not sold on Tua yet, but look, we, we saw what happened with Josh Allen how much of a step he took when he had that guy, when he got Stefan Diggs to, that was you know, able to really make the game easier on him at the quarterback position, it does go a long way. So I got Jamar Chase going to the Dolphins at six. Right. And I honestly, I would have Jamar Chase going six if I didn't have Kyle Pitts not getting picked yet, which is why I'm going Kyle Pitts to the Dolphins. I, like that I think you add a great, great, great receiver slash tight end, whatever you want to call him, a freak of nature on offense, give him to Tua help him really uh, with that offense. Uh, Mike Gesicki is great, but Mike Gesicki is, is, is limited. He's got a ceiling and it's very low. He's a great player. He's a great team leader. And Mike Gesicki can still be used in, in packages, but Kyle Pitts. Hell yeah. Kyle Pitts. Especially, and Tung- especially with what Kyle Pitts provide. Like Kyle Pitts is so not a normal tight end that like line him up out wide. You can still have Gesicki as a lighting up as a tight end. Right. And, and, you know, I, I just think it's, it makes so much sense. And the Dolphins are clapping here that they get Kyle Pitts to pair with their, with their franchise quarterback. So Dolphins pick Kyle Pitts at six. Yeah. Not many times would I say you should pick the best tight end over the best receiver, especially if you need a receiver. Obviously like the Falcons don't need a receiver as much, but I think if I'm Miami, I think I do go Kyle Pitts if he's on the board over Jamar Chase, because he just, there's so much you can do with the guy. And I think he can be that number. We, we saw it with Travis Kelsey. Like Tyree Kill's great, but like Travis Kelsey is the number one option in Kansas City. Like you can do that with your tight end now. George Kittle, the number one option in, in, in San Francisco. So it, it, the tight end position is so much different than now than it was, you know, even 10 years ago. So I, I, I love that pick out of you. Detroit, where do you see Detroit going? Well, Detroit would have picked Kyle Pitts, but he got picked before them. So here I have Detroit picking Jamar Chase, uh, giving their quarterback a weapon, a really good weapon out of LSU. Obviously didn't play uh, last year, um, but we know what he can do. We saw what he did with the Tigers, uh, and he continues to do it with the Lions. Dude, I honestly, like Justin Fields is still on my board, and I, if I was Detroit, I would – Take Justin 100%. Fields. I know, you, I know you just got Jared Goff, but like you got Jared Goff because LA didn't want him. Are you really thinking that's the quarterback of your future? But I don't think the new regime in Detroit is going to pick a quarterback. I kind of thought maybe Micah Parsons, but but I'm going to go receiver as well, and I'm going to go Devonta Smith. Um, I know the Jalen Waddle or Devonta Smith is is a tough one to do, um, but I you know I, for all the critiques that there are of Devonta Smith of his size and such and stuff, he still is an absolutely electric player and a guy that is really going to open up your offense a lot. And, you know, if you want Jared Goff to succeed, help him and get him some weapons. Um, so I got Devonte Smith. I got him going receiver as well. Carolina, 
I uh, here at Carolina, I think Carolina is going to trade out of this one. I like I I don't have a trade predicted, but I would be very very surprised if Carolina picks at number eight. I just think what they need and what they like are kind of looking for in this draft. They're going to be able to trade back and still kind of get that. But since I don't have trades, I do have them taking Rashawn Slater, offensive lineman out of Northwestern. I, I think they've they've kind of got their quarterback, of course, Connor McCaffrey or Christian McCaffrey. Um, God, I'm just not good with names today. It is. Hey, Connor rough. McCaffrey is is someone near and dear it's, to our hearts. So that's all it is. Speaking of yeah. which, can we? Sorry, not, I, I I don't I don't mean to go on a tangent, but can we believe that Jordan Bohannon's coming back for another year? Like, can we can we believe it? I can't even. You're an old man. Leave. I don't I don't want it. I don't want it. But uh, I got Carolina going with with offensive lineman uh, Rashawn Slater. Kind of build up that that O line for, for Sam Darnold. Yeah, same. I think of the Panthers pick here. They're very similar to the Bengals. They would pick Penny Sewell, but Penny Sewell's not on the board. Uh, so I think they go Rashawn Slater as well. Uh, they have the receivers. They have the running back. They have a decent defense at this point. You got to go protect Darnold. There's one thing that killed Darnold and Jets. It was not enough protection. So I think that they try to protect Darnold from any you know future damage by drafting an absolute monster on the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, I am right there with you. All right, Denver, you had Denver trading up. So you've got Atlanta picking here now. Yeah, I, I do have Atlanta, Atlanta picking here. I have Atlanta and I was kind of going between cornerback because they definitely need a cornerback um, and receiver, which I think they do. They're shopping around Julio Jones. I think that's to see what they can get. I don't really know what they're going to get for Julio Jones. So I doubt that he leaves as much as they're shopping him around. We'll see. I think a team like the Patriots would trade for him depending on what, what it is. But like, I think that the Falcons are going to go receiver here. And here is where I have them picking Devonta Smith. I think they pair him with Calvin Ridley with Julio Jones. You have a great X option. He's not going to have all the pressure on him from the get go because that pressure's on Julio Jones. That pressure's on Calvin Ridley. That pressure's even on Russell Gage before it is on Devonta Smith. And I think he can develop into a great receiver under those great receivers and be a real weapon for the last couple of years of Matt Ryan's career. Um, I agree. I think they're going to roll it with Matt Ryan. I don't think they're ready to go from him yet as much as the talk has been. Maybe they will. Um, so I have them picking the Slim Reaper. God, what a great nickname. Such mm. a good one. Plus, you know what I mean? You do that. You throw Devonte Smith in the slot. Like, I, I think... Devontae Smith as a slot receiver is like, I think he absolutely just destroy the NFL. I think that's, I think that's where I, he would have his most success. So I have Denver take picking here. I, I kind of agree with you. I think, I think Denver is, is going to go quarterback. I think Drew Locke, there was some excitement about him coming in the last year. He didn't really show much. I, I, and, and honestly, Denver just loves to keep on picking quarterbacks. I think they should take Justin Fields. But I think Denver usually picks the quarterback who I wouldn't pick, so I have them going with Mac Jones here. Oh, God, what a terrible pick. Not like from you, but by the Broncos. What a terrible pick yeah, that would be. I'm, be so silly. That, that guarantees like, you more a lot, years of nothing in that division. Yeah. Let me tell you, that guarantees you more years of nothing. Hey, they drafted Paxton Lynch. so That's true. Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler. Mac Jones is probably a step above them, but like, I just feel like – Elway is such a antiquated way of looking at the quarterback position that he's going to be like, yep, I'm going to go with the guy that plays it, the quarterback position like I played it 30 years ago and not the guy that has unreal athleticism and ability. But yeah, I got, I got him going quarterback though. We're, we're definitely in agreement there. All right. Last pick of the top 10 Dallas. Where do you got Dallas going? 
Yeah, I have Dallas getting Patrick Sertan. I know that there's some talks between him and J.C. Horn, um, but I think Patrick Sertan has proven that he's the better pick here, even if he's not the better prospect. Um, So I have them picking Patrick Sertan. They need some help on that defense after the debacle that was last year. Um, So I think Patrick Sertan will be a good pick here. Yeah, I, I actually think Caleb Farley is going to be the best corner in this draft. I'm I'm huge on Caleb Farley, but I think they're going to go Sertan because he is kind of the top prospect. Farley coming back from injury and stuff. And, you know, Bama's got a pretty decent track record of, of successful defensive backs in the NFL. So I'm right there with you. They obviously need help defensively. That offense is was, was taken at a high rate when Dak was healthy. They just couldn't stop a fly, you know. So yeah. I, I agree. Patrick Sertan. With the tenth pick, so we're in agreement on on most things in the top ten. I think. I, I was I was wondering about the 49ers pick. That was the one that I was like, we'll see what happens. But we were in agreement there. Uh, Broncos, we have different uh, you know movements, but like we still have the same pick. I agree. I just as much as I want Justin Fields to drop down to a position where the Patriots can draft him, I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, the draft is becomes predictable cl- a couple of days out. It does. Um, at least the first couple picks and you know things happen in between Um, and it's exciting for sure this draft is more exciting than other previous drafts uh, because of all the quarterback power and this has been an exciting draft right exactly and I still think you know what I can see like the Cowboys could very much draft up like trade up to six and get Kyle Pitts like they they could definitely do that Um, it would be a dumbass Jerry Jones move and, like, and let's as get we've been, more offensive, let's get more offensive weapons. The last thing we really need right now. Right. I know we have CD lamb and Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott, but I want one more and that'll win us the Super Bowl. No, it won't. It won't win you a Super Bowl. Not if you can't stop anybody. Right. Exactly. Um, so I, I think that, it, you know, I think we're going to be right for the most part. I would love if we were wrong. I would love if some teams were really like gun ho about it. Um, I think some teams will be, I think at least one team will surprise me in this. And that's why I picked the Broncos going up. I think they're going to be the team that surprised me. Um, but we have dumbass owners all over the place. So who knows what's going to happen here? Honestly, every, every owner has been like, like the, the lion's owner. I'm like, great. You got a weapon, but also you trade away Matt Stafford. So like, are you smart? I don't think so. You know what I mean? Like I got all the draft picks maybe, but Jared Goff is not your answer. I hope you know that. <laughs> no, he's not. He is not. <laughs> Although I, I love it. I'm going to keep on relishing the fact that I've got two games against Jared Goff, two games against Kirk Cousins, and two games against Andy Dalton. I love year. how neither of us picked the Bears doing anything about Andy Dalton, too. Like, people have no. been like, oh, they, they're lying about Andy Dalton. I don't think they are. I think they I think, think Andy they Dalton either. is their savior, which is just like... I, 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 think, I think they, like, are just... I think they. I, I just don't know if they're going to make the move. I don't know if like Andy Dalton is like their savior, but I think like all right, we'll just go with Andy Dalton for this year. And I, you know, moving up is moving up is easier said than done. Uh, but I, I do think we'll probably see. I think we'll see at least one trade into the top ten. I wouldn't be surprised if we see multiple. Obviously, we've already had a decent amount of movement. All right, Jan, we've done the top ten. Who is going to be taken by your New England Patriots in the first round? Right. Well, of course, I want it to be Justin Fields. Um, like I said, I think there's too many teams that could benefit from a Justin Fields draft stock drop. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think I honestly think the 49ers should pick tra- Justin Fields. They won't, but I think they should. He's such a great player and his draft stock's been dropping for really no reason. Um, 
So they might move aggressively if he drops down to nine. But at the same time, if he drops down to nine, he's going to land with the Broncos. The Broncos aren't going to trade out of that. They want Justin Fields. So I think that um, with the move for Justin Fields and with my predicted pick of Trey Lance over Mac Jones, the Patriots need to pick a quarterback. So I see they trading or either letting him fall to them because the next couple teams don't really need Mac Jones. So I have the Patriots getting Mac Jones in the first round, uh, kind of a Brady-esque quarterback. Uh, that can kind of play under Cam Newton for that first year, maybe another one, uh, and learn the system under Bill and play in that system. So I have the Patriots drafting Mac Jones in the first round. How do you how do you feel about Mac Jones coming to your to your squad? You know, like I feel good considering we're picking at fifteen, and I think the most we'd have to trade up is to like eleven. I don't I don't mind it. You know, I I really don't. I don't think that I don't think that he is a surefire thing, um, for sure, but. I also think that he's proven that he can be more than what people expect him to be. So I think that under the right coach, which we have, and under the right system, which we do have, um, I think that he can be a, a very serviceable quarterback. Do I see him being Tom Brady? No. But did I, did anyone see Tom Brady being Tom Brady? No. So like – Anytime you're like, this guy is going to win seven Super Bowls. No. Oh, that's a bold prediction. Right. But I also think the way that we play, like – he doesn't need to be Tom Brady, right? Like he has some weapons now that we went in free agency. The Patriots are a run first defense first team. That's what we should be. That's what we should have always been. Um, And so he just needs to be serviceable. He just needs to be Baker Mayfield, make the short passes, make the play action pass and not make too many mistakes. And he did that at Alabama. And I think he can do it again. Um, You know, we still have Cam Newton for a year so he can learn under some good uh, quarterback play. Uh, so it won't happen next year or anything, but I think, you know, we need, we need to make some move at quarterback. And I think even if it's Mac Jones, we have to take that dice roll because, you know, it, we have to start trying to secure that place. And it's not Cam Newton, as much as I love Cam Newton. And if Cam Newton works out, I would be more than happy. It's just last year didn't give me any confidence. And so I can't put my, I can't put my eggs in that basket. Yeah, I mean, there's times where I'm I'm tough on Mac Jones, but I, I feel like it's more. I just think that the, some of these other prospects are more exciting and have, have such a higher ceiling. Like yeah. Mac Jones is a very serviceable quarterback and and a very very accurate quarterback. Um, you know, I, I've I've said he certainly helped with all the weapons he's had, but like he also did a good job with those weapons. Like I don't think Mac Jones. I'm not sitting here being like Mac Jones is going to be a bad quarterback. Uh, I just I'm not a soul. I'm not as like. He's not as sexy or as enticing as some of those other guys, but I think Matt Jones certainly has a chance to be a successful NFL quarterback. Uh, especially, I mean, look, a- accuracy is probably the toughest thing to improve or you know anything like that. So the fact that he's got that—that's that, a big step. Um, and yeah, it it does seem like quarterback is uh, is it needs to be addressed at some point. I uh, for the Packers, I'm going to have them. I, I mean. There's some good wide receivers. Obviously, not going to get Chase Smith or Waddle. We'll see if like Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, Kadarius Tony could fall to the pack. But I also just have no faith that they're going to use a first round pick on a weapon. Um, but you know, we need play. We need help at other places. So uh, particularly linebacker. So I got them going with Zayvon Collins, the linebacker from Tulsa. The linebacking core last year was not all that impressive. As much as I wanted the ex Hawkeye Christian Kirksey to, to work out. He's he's a good linebacker in coverage, but our run defense was was just tough. It's not very good, and that's a that's a and something that needs to be addressed. Because if a team can just run it down your throat, you're not gonna 
be able to win many games because they'll just keep the ball away from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but Collins, 6'4", he can still cover. He's got the ability to fill those gaps on the, the running plays and, and rush the passer, which hopefully will still kind of be a part of our – I like the 3-4 setup, even though Mike Pettin's gone. I think that is an effective way um, to, to play defense, especially now in the NFL with how much pass rush is important. So Zayvon Collins, a linebacker from Tulsa, which I'd be happy about. I, I yep. hope we don't trade up for another quarterback. Right. I mean – can you imagine? There's some discussion about a trade between the Patriots and the Packers that we might as well bring up. Jordan, there's some discussion about Jordan Love being traded to the Patriots uh, for a higher pick for the Packers, um, which would be very interesting moves for both teams because uh, Patriots wanted Jordan Love uh, in the last draft, but he didn't drop to them. Um, I don't, I don't hope. I hope that doesn't happen, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised either the way that Belichick drafts. I hope that doesn't happen too, because that's such a like quick, like, I mean, cause I'm still holding that hope on Jordan love. I, I mean, I kind of have to, there's no, and there's nothing that's like for, for me to be like, Oh yeah, he's going to suck. So like, I'm still hopeful he's going to work out. So if you're trading him away after one year of him being like your third stringer, then clearly you really fucked up that pick. And that is not, <laughs> that's not a good sign to your fans. If you're like your, your, your first rounder last year basically did nothing for you. Right, you just wasted that pick, which honestly, with the picks that happen around him, disappointing. <laughs> disappointing. Absolutely. All right, Jan, this uh, might be a little bit of an easy question, but we're going to start. Who do you think is going to be the best quarterback in this draft? Oh, I picked I, – I, I went opposite of what easy might have been. I think it's Justin Fields. I think that he is has the skill set and the, and, the, and the potential to be better than Trevor Lawrence. Uh, is he better than Trevor Lawrence now? No. Um, but it's going to depend on the organization that he ends up with. And as much as I think that Urban Meyer will help Trevor Lawrence out in Jacksonville, I still have some questions about that organization. I still have some questions about Urban Meyer coaching at an NFL level versus a collegiate level. Uh, and I think that the team that that uh, Justin Fields ends up with will be a little more steady-handed, and he's going to have a huge chip on his shoulder, which he did going into that Clemson game, and you saw what he did when that happened. I think that he's kind of that great player – that can rise to the occasion. He's already got the skill set to outclass uh, other quarterbacks. Um, I think he's going to turn into a Deshaun Watson-esque talent. I really do. In a couple of years, I think we'll be talking about him like he is Deshaun Watson. Um, so I have Justin Fields here. I think that it's dangerous to make someone drop that's so talented for no reason. I think it just breeds the, the, the ground for someone to have a level of greatness that they might not otherwise have had. So going Justin Fields on this one. I love that. I like that call, especially because it is. There's, I mean, I went with the easy call. I, I, I did go with Trevor Lawrence, but I, I, I think the upside for Fields is definitely all there. I think everything that that you said is is certainly plausible for him and and the ability that he has. I think I, I think sometimes too, like we've seen this black athletic quarterbacks sometimes get pigeonholed into this idea of like, oh, this is all that this quarterback is. We saw it with Lamar Jackson, and we've seen it over and over. Uh, where people are like, oh, he's not really a great quarterback. And that's not the case with Justin Fields. Justin Fields is a great quarterback. He happens to also be extremely athletic and stuff, but like this kind of antiquated view of the quarterback position and and sometimes the, the, the like racist views that comes with the quarterback position are just like, how, how do you guys still have this point of view? Especially when you look at the NFL now and, and you see the amount of black quarterbacks that are at the top of the game, like it, stop. Stop Why is Mac Jones uh, being discussed before Justin Fields is what I want to know. There is a reason for that. And it's not because 
Mac Jones has any right to have be in that conversation. Like, like just like, you're right. It's just, it's, it's something that we have to acknowledge. Like Justin Fields isn't getting knocked. Like Justin Fields, there's reasons to knock him. I'm not saying there isn't, but like the reason he's getting knocked so much, let me just say it blatantly. He's black and he's a quarterback and that's what it is. Like everyone can make all the excuses they want about what he did and didn't do his last year. Right. But you put Justin Fields with that Alabama team, they wouldn't have lost. They wouldn't have won a game. Oh, Justin, Justin Fields would dominate. Like it's, he, they would have won every Mac game. Jones, by I'll always say, like Mac, like Mac Jones did a lot of good stuff, but like Mac Jones also had the best players around. Like it, his job was a little bit easier. But yeah, the, the the whole like just view of like the athletic black quarterback not actually being like an NFL quarterback is how many how many successful black quarterbacks do we need in the NFL until that goes away? Because there's Lamar Jackson, there's Patrick Mahomes, there's Deshaun Watson, there's Russell Wilson, like it, Kyler Murray. It it's it's just such it's just a dumb way to look at it too. Like it, you're gonna only hinder your franchise's development if that's the way that you're gonna keep on looking at the quarterback position, but I did go with Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think I actually, I think urban Meyer is going to kill it. I, I don't like urban Meyer, but all urban Meyer ever has done is gone and win. He, he really is a hell of a football mind. I think he's going to figure it out. And I, I think Trevor Lawrence is just, he's got all the tools and, and there's some good young guys right now in Jacksonville. They certainly got a lot of money um, where, where I do think it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. I didn't tell you to, to get ready for this, but, of all these, especially, I mean, I'd like to stay with the top five because that's who we've talked about a lot. Who do you think is going to be the worst out of Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Lance, and Mac Jones? Oh, man. I I don't know. Who's going to be the worst between those five? Uh, or four, Yeah, five. Yeah. <sighs> um, who's going to be the worst? You know, the easy answer is Mac Jones, right? Because he has the like seems to have the lowest ceiling of the five of them. But the easy answer is never the right answer. So I'm gonna go with an unpolished product that I think will just not pan out as we he we expect. I'm gonna go with Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson will be the worst out of these top five. I think I think Trey Lance is gonna end up in a good position. I think Justin Fields has what he needs. I think Trevor Lawrence has what he needs. I think Mac Jones will end up in a good position. I just see Zach Wilson in New York just losing his career before it starts, um, as we saw Sam Darnold do. So I'll say Zach Wilson. I'm I'm in agreement with you with Zach Wilson, and I think a lot of it does have to do with more just organizational fit. Um, part of it too, like I, I think Zach Wilson has a lot of obviously he's got like those that big playability, and I think he he can be an electric player. But those big plays, those electric plays are a little easier to do at BYU as opposed to at the NFL level where, you know, the defenders that you're going up against are the the fastest, strongest, best guys in, in the world at the sport. Um, so it, you know, you, like the, a lot of times we see guys like athleticism and ability be able to kind of close the gap or help them make plays. It doesn't really happen that much in the NFL unless you're like a once in a generation type guy like a like a Lamar Jackson with with his sort of athleticism and stuff um but mostly too it just comes down to I don't have any faith in the New York Jets of of taking a young quarterback and helping him you know become an NFL quarterback uh which is unfortunate because I think Zach Wilson in the right spot could be uh, a solid quarterback but I'm just 
New York's track record is not very impressive. Uh, all right, how about overall best player from the draft? Yeah, I went maybe a little boring here, but I I, I went I went Sewell. He just looks like a Hall of Fame offensive lineman ready to happen. I think him and Joe Burrow are going to team up for many, many years, um, kind of like a, a Jeff Saturday situation. Um, and, yeah, I just think that he is kind of just the most consistent. I think, like, he's just a sure thing. I think he is. So I think that he's going to be a, a first ballot Hall of Famer when it all said and done. I like that one. I like I like Pinasul. And, and, you know, a tackle like that, they really do become – I. I cornerstone of a franchise particularly successful franchises i i'm going with jamar chase uh love that kind of and kind of too just like where the wide receiver position is going how much the passing game is but you know we saw his old teammate justin jefferson absolutely explode onto the scene his first year and i think chase is a better prospect and a better receiver kind of mentioned it already he's got the size he's got the speed he's got great hands he's he's really got everything you want uh and i think he's going to be a star right from the start of his career for, for a very, very long time. Love that. Yeah. I was going to go Jamar Chase if I didn't go Penny Sewell. And uh, I, I think they're it's both, just they're both, you're right. They're both kind of boring answers, but like, you know, you got to have the right answer, right? Right. Exactly. And it's not going to be we both go Trevor Lawrence. Right. It, it's not going to be one of the quarterbacks. I guarantee you with all these great quarterbacks, you know, they're going to end up great, but I guarantee you they won't be the best in this draft. I, I just think it's going to be someone else. Yeah, I, the quarterback position is just like kind of tough too. Like, I mean, it's just, so it's it's easy to not like. I feel like the Trevor Lawrence's the expectations are so high where it's like if he doesn't if he doesn't become one of the best players in in the league that we're gonna look at him as like not a disappointment but not being like oh yeah he's the best court like his what he has to hit for us to consider him to be the best quarterback I think is a higher standard than probably any other player. So it's a little tough tougher for him to to achieve that. All right, uh, Jan, who is going to be the Tristan Wirfs in this draft? The the rookie that immediately helps the team kind of make a Super Bowl run. Right. You know, I don't know if I – I don't know. With where I had him picked, I don't know if this is going to happen. But I got Kyle Pitts. I just think he's going to be such an X factor on the right team. Um, and if he's not the number one receiver and he's like the X receiver um, – not the slot, but just like the the receiver that you can't cover or the receiver that opens up other people. I think he's just going to create mayhem for for defenses, no matter where he is. So I have Kyle Pitts. I just think he's a he's a very unique prospect, and he's going to help a team um, very very soon get to that run that they need to go. And who knows, Miami not that far off. I don't think from making a playoff run. So I I, I do think it's it's possible. Absolutely. And I mean, I had Kyle Pitts for the Falcons. I, th- I feel like the Falcons have the ability to turn it around that quick. Like, I, I think the Falcons could be a playoff team next year. And, and if he's there, I, I think certainly he would be kind of that. I, I went with somebody who I assume will be gone, kind of going more towards the, the back of, of the uh, first round. We see more and more running backs falling towards the end of the first round. I got Najee Harris. I, I just think he is he is such a, a mature player. I, I think his, his football IQ is, is something that is – out of this world. And I think he fits the mold of the, the, the modern day running back so well with his ability to come out of the backfield and catch passes. He's still a, a terrific uh, runner with the ball as well. He can go in between the tackles outside. So I, I think he's going to go. T- and I think, you know, partly too for that one is he'll, he'll go to a team that's a little closer to making a Super Bowl run. Like the Buccaneers were a, a pretty unique position to have a, a pick that high, but you know, they had a lot of 
other you know free agent signings that helped turn the the team around. So usually we don't see it in in the front end, but uh, I got Najee Harris. All right, Jan, the last draft thing we will do. Give me a just some sort of crazy. It doesn't have to be like super crazy, but give me give me a little bit of a wild prediction for the first round, the the draft, just just anything in general regarding the NFL draft. Right. Well, uh, you know, it's something that I really don't think I think would be dumb to happen. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's a situation in which Penny Sewell slides all the way to eight. So I see in this situation, let's say Kyle Pitts gets drafted at four. And instead of the Bengals picking Penny Sewell at five, they draft Jamar Chase, you know, pair him up with Joe Burrow, right? So Pitts is already drafted. Then the next couple teams don't really need an offensive tackle. So he drops all the way to the Panthers. And now you have Darnold getting pass protection from Penny Sewell and the Panthers team all of a sudden looks ridiculous. I mean, Rashawn Slater is still great, but having Penny Sewell, Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, Matt Rule, Joe Brady, all on the same team. Woof. I mean, that becomes your, that becomes a crazy team uh, in the NFC. So I think that that would be kind of something I would be surprised to see if Penny Sewell dropped past the Bengals and landed with a team like, like Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I agree. I mean, I think Rashawn Slater is a really good tackle, but I think Penny Sewell is, he's the clear best tackle in, in this, in this, uh, this draft class. Um, and, and I think we'll be able to, to make an, make an impact like Tristan Wirfs, who we already mentioned. I'm going to go with, I think that Kyle Trask is going, somebody's going to decide to go for him in the first round. I think there's going to be no. six, six quarterbacks taken just because of, of the quarterback position and, and how much, importance is put on the quarterback position i think somebody in that 20 to 32 range is going to say this is our guy and, and they're going to take him so i i think six quarterbacks i think it will be kyle trash joining the five that we've talked ad nauseum about uh and and we're going to get six quarterbacks taken in the first round okay so let me make a question who do you think would pick him give me a team you know, I mean, I think the Steelers, I think maybe you could see the Bears. I, and it might be even somebody that decides that's maybe at the front end of the draft and decides to trade back. I, I'm not sure exactly who the team will be. Uh, I feel like the Steelers have been the team that people have talked about the most. Um, I, I think it'll probably be a team that has at least two picks in the first round. Like either picks earlier and then and then trades back in to get him. Um, or like, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure I'll see any team like using the, but like we saw the Packers with Jordan Love last year, like with just with what the quarterback position is and, and how much value is put on the quarterback position. I, I think some, there's going to be a team that's going to be like, yep, this is our guy. And you can't really wait around with quarterbacks. Like if, if, if you think that's your guy, you've got to take him or else he'll be off, off the board. Right. Um, two things I want to say about that. Number one, I could totally see the Bears doing some dumbass shit like picking Kyle Trask in the first round. I'm sorry, that's a dumb pick. Could you pick see him. Bears do it? I do that. And you know who else I could see do that? I could see the Patriots doing that. I could see the Patriots picking Kyle Trask for no fucking reason. I could see them. Do- I swear to God, Bill, he's nobody. There's a reason Tony and Pitts are also in the first round. It's because they made him what he is. Get me out of here. God. Um... I hope that doesn't happen. I really, I really don't. But uh, I mean, I, I can see it happening. I just think there's so many court. There's Ellinger, there's Mon, there's Trask. After that first five, I feel like there are a lot of options. So I don't know why anyone, but like, see, I, I, know, I think Trask is the only one. Ellinger isn't going to play a down in the NFL. And and you know, my thoughts on Kellen Mon. I like, right. I, I don't know why people think Kellen Mon, but like 
Trask, Trask at least looks the part. He, he's big. He did throw for a lot of touchdowns. Like he was pretty solid at Florida. And I, I just think there's going to be at least one team that's going to be like, yep, that we're going to take. We think the value here at the end of the first round is is good enough. I think Bill Big Ben would be a great mentor for Kyle Trask. So I think that would be a great little little uh, combination there, especially with Big Ben having one more year to put up or shut up. The Steelers feel career. like the most likely. I don't know, they, been, and there's been some, there's been some chatter around them and and Trask, but I I don't know if you know that's why I, I like I kind of wonder if like do the Steelers take their first pick and then decide to trade back into the first round? I I don't have the the entire prediction, just that there will be six quarterbacks. That six quarterback will be Kyle Trask and and taken in the first round. Let me let me throw another scenario at you with the first round pick in the NFL draft. The Green Bay Packers select Kyle Trask. I would, I'd have a, I'd have so many questions. I would just have to assume that the entire front office is drunk off their ass or something because I, I can't like two, two years, two years in a row getting quarterbacks that like you probably didn't need to trade for yet or draft yet. Yeah. What is, what the fuck? That's Aaron yeah. Rodgers' Jeopardy answer of that question. If they, uh, if, if they do that, then yeah, I hope Aaron just goes and hosts Jeopardy. That's what I'd do. I'd be like, I'm done, guys. I'm not. I'm not playing for your franchise anymore. Forget this. You guys can have fun with Love and Trask. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jan. We've made it. It's time to cool down. Oh yeah. All right. First question I got, Jan. As the summer kind of is on the horizon, what are your thoughts? on country music enjoy it do you hate it do you i feel like country music is is a very uh volatile conversation because like i feel like country music fans most of them are like like they fucking love country music and then like if people don't like country music they really they there's quite a large disdain you know so what are your thoughts on on country music I don't mind country music. I think it has a lot of roots in rock, which is my favorite genre. So I appreciate it most of the time. I just think that like any genre, there are certain subgenres that are annoying. Like rap is not a bad genre, but mumble rap sucks. And pop is not a bad genre, but this ultra treble pop where you can't understand a word that's happening and all the guitars are playing at like this upper treble level is stupid too. So I think it's just subgenres that piss people off. Um, I don't mind it at all. Uh, I, I think that it can be really good. I love me some Thomas Rhett, Eric Church, Chris Stapleton. I think those guys are are great musicians. Um, would I say I'm a country music fan? I don't think so, but it's just like not my favorite genre. It's not because I don't like country music. Um, but yeah, I think I think country music gets a bad reputation for no reason, considering some of the other trash music that's out there. It's I like I just love like I was hanging out with my buddies during the fight and like one of my buddies was like I'm gonna put on country music and he like expected me to hate it and like one of my other friends was just like ah oh, no like if people don't like it they really don't like it and if people do they they love it uh, I'm I'm probably not like the biggest country fan until the summer comes around and then like when it's hot out yeah you have beer in your hand and like if if you're near some water like there's something about country music that just hits right it just it does slaps it slaps like, in the summer it, it does just i want to be sweating in the yeah. sun yeah mm-hmm. with some beer and some good times it's yeah. true it's true there's nothing more american in a good marriage. way yeah i agree i yeah. agree 
Truly. All right, Jan. The uh, the other cool down before we get to the quick fire questions, we've mentioned it quite a lot. A whole year of doing this podcast. What have you learned from from the first year of of doing this podcast and doing two beers, please? Oh, so much. I mean, first of all, you need the right person to do it with you. Um, you know, it's not it's not as fun when you're doing it on your own. Um, I I tried out some podcast stuff on my own before running on this with Matt, and it's just was so boring. And I was like, how do people do this? Um, and it's because you know what connection connection is the key to content. You it, it just really is. Like you could be talking about the coolest thing in the world if you don't have a good connection with the person you're talking with, and if that's not the main basis, the connection you guys have, then it's not. It's boring. I don't want to listen to it. I'll just I'll read about it at that point. I don't want to listen to it. Um, so that's been something that I think we both learned is like just focusing on who we are as sports fans and as people and like our friendship rather than just like reporting sports facts. I also think that like you are unique simply by being only you. I think we've, we've run into this sometimes. How do we make ourselves unique? And the the answer is by being ourselves. Like there is nothing we can do that it has not been done before, especially in the world of sports. We're not covering something that's uncoverable or that we have special knowledge on. A so, sports podcast? That's genius. No one's thought of that. No one's thought of that. There's a million and five of them. And so, you know, w- the way that you do a podcast is that you do it the way that only you can do it. And and that requires little effort if you, if you, you know, and, and which goes to my last point. If you're not doing it because you love it, don't do it. Like, just don't. There's no reason to do it. I Like, maybe you continue and you you power through because you're making money and it's a business, fine. But if the reason you started it and the reason you're continuing it isn't because you love to do it, then there's no reason to do it. Do something else. Use your time another way. Like me and Matt have taken days off and weeks off, um, but we've always wanted to come back to it because it's just something we enjoy doing. And that is the basis of this podcast. Wherever this thing goes, if it lasts another year, if it lasts another 10 years, we'll be doing it because we like to do it. And that's what matters most at the end of the day. Um, So those are the things I've learned in year one. Uh, Great lessons to learn. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I... I echo basically that entire entire sentiment. Uh, just first off, just happy to be on this ride with you, Jan. Obviously, you know we were we were good friends beforehand, but you know the relationship we built in doing this thing is, has become something really special, something that I, I truly value a lot, um, and, and means more than you know anything in regards to this podcast. Uh, and and you, you said it too. It's it's shown me too, especially like during the pandemic where the normal sort of collaborative artistic stuff we didn't get to have like it, it showed me just how much i love that collaborative process and you said it doing something on your own can be enjoyable but that working on something with somebody is just even if it's just one person it's it makes it that much more special it makes it that much more enjoyable it makes it that much more of a rewarding experience um and then the biggest thing i think it's taught me I, and i didn't even really realize this until like a couple days ago when i was talking to, to another friend of mine about it and it's taught me to do things just because you enjoy them. Like you kind of were saying, I think like whenever I feel like I tell people I'm, I have a podcast or I started a podcast or whatever, I feel like they always, they always expect that I have some expectations of, you know, grand dreams of like major success and everything. And I'm certainly not opposed to this thing being successful and making some money from it. But really the end of the day, like you said, we do this because we have a blast doing it. And learning that has, has been great for me because it's it's helped me start to just like write more, work on like more short stories, work on little film projects, work on writing my own music and, and doing covers because I like to do it. Not because there's some end goal of success or, or even like 
I, I can be a perfectionist at times. And sometimes that that's why I don't work on stuff. And like doing this has, has shown me, it's like, dude, first off, you're not going to be perfect in the start. Like that is literally impossible. There, there's nobody that's ever just been like, oh, yep, I've got this skill down perfectly. Um, but, you know, just doing something because you love doing it. And, and I value that lesson so much because it's it's made my life richer and, and more enjoyable. And it's just like you don't always have to. There doesn't always have to be some some great big end goal. It can just be the enjoyment of the process and, and working on something. Right. Agreed, man. Just, you know, live your life because it's your life, not because there has to be something that comes from it. I, I agree. And and obviously grind for what you want from it, you know, and that's your own decision and have the work ethic to do that. But at the end of the day, if you don't like what you're doing, don't do it. As much as like the world will teach you other things. Um, if you don't like what you're doing, there is another way for you to be happy and successful in life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, we work hard on this. We don't. We put in, yeah, we put we, in a like, good amount of work. Like it, it, it's do. enjoyable, but there's still the work, and and you you do kind of have to you have to fall in love with it and fall in, in love with the work as well. But it's been it's been a great a great first year. I hope many more years to come. I appreciate you. Uh, I mean, you're you're kind of one that that got this thing rolling. So I appreciate you asking me to take part in it, and it, and it's been a, a true joy. Uh, and and one hell of a year, man. Hey man, I appreciate you hopping on this fucking weird thing that we did. Uh, he was Matt was so into it. He's like, "You want to talk draft for two hours? Hell yeah, let's go, <laughs> let's go!" <laughs> Especially that time during the pandemic, like when things were so shut down. I was like, "Finally, something to fucking do." Oh god, yeah. But I mean, I don't think I didn't expect this. Not that I thought it was crazy to think this, but like, yeah, there are great things that come from even the the most hard times in our lives and this is one of them and i appreciate you too buddy and yes we'll continue to go through as the sports world gets crazier and crazier so let's do it oh yeah and like we said earlier you know just just grabbing life by by its horns and, and diving right in so we hope hope this keeps going we hope you guys listen now it is time for some quick fire questions though Jan. you're not Ooh. you're not getting up that easy Ooh. Ooh. let's go all right first one Will Jordan Bohannon break Luca Garza's scoring record? No, I, I only because I would be upset if he did. So no, I refuse to say that. No, 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 absolutely not. I don't, I don't think he will either. But I had to bring Jordan Bohannon into the episode a little bit. But he's got like, I think he'd need about like six hundred and twenty-five points. And through four and a half seasons, he's like, I don't think he's ever scored more than five hundred. So he'd have to have an insane year and develop, you know, a little bit more of an offensive game. I'm in agreement. All right. Are the Lakers and the Nets still the favorites in both of their conferences? Um, Lakers. No, I don't think they are anymore. I, I think we'll see what happens with AD's return and LeBron's return, but I what just if, think what if LeBron and AD are the healthy, their healthy best. Are we talking favorites in the conference, like favorites to win the conference or favorites to, to like Fra finish favorites, first favorites to to be in the nba finals oh yes 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 okay. sorry i i thought we were talking end of the state no, you're good right? you're good yeah but nets definitely and lakers i think lebron and ad are on the right path so i definitely think that's true too i i agree all right the last question there has been some some chatter surrounding spotify ceo and some arsenal legends they are uh, trying to attempt to make a bid for the the arsenal club do you think that Stan Kroenke or really any of these owners, do you think there's going to be any sort of repercussions, major or minor, from the Super League, even just sort of 
stance, stand, bleh, ban disdain or, or such and such? Do you see there being any fallout or will these billionaire owners, as usual, come out unscathed? Unscathed. I think so. I think it was just such a fast thing that it's going to be forgotten as much as it was hated, you know, and now the Champions League is introducing these changes that are also getting scrutinized. So I think that I I just think that, yeah, there might be some changeover that happens. And we've seen that a little bit already. But past that, if, a, if an owner decides to stick to it, like there might be some more disdain for him than usual. And when people are like, I don't like him because ABC, maybe this is A or B. But like, you know, at the end of the day, it didn't happen, you know, and they and that's that like if it had happened and they had gone through with it and they had ruined the league for a year and then they got out of it. Yeah, maybe then there's like there needs to be some things, but it, it was over before it started. So at the end of the day, they're going to pretend that they just got drunk one night and were like, Mobby, I, I, I blacked out. I didn't mean to. I, I, I don't even I don't even know. Super League. What is that? It's not weird. I, I was just talking in jest. We never agreed to a Super League. Yeah, I think, I mean, and to their credit, they did get out early and and, and help not, you know, not build the, the uproar against them as much. But mostly, too, it's just like they're billionaire owners. They're almost untouchable. So it, it seems unlikely. But I, I would love, I'd love to see, especially just because they got like Henri and I, I'm blanking on a few of the other players that Vieira, were that Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like just just some the, the best Arsenal players probably ever. So it would be such a cool uh, thing to 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 happen. But I, I I'm in agreement. So I got we got rid of Ed Woodard in in Manchester. I'll take my wins where I can get them. I, I don't think the Glazers are going anywhere, sadly. But but at least Ed's out. So you know some some small victories. Hey, gotta take the victories where they are. They don't come often against the rich. That's just no. true. <laughs> Especially in the soccer world, it oh, is. God. Ugh. Almost undefeated in that. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us for another episode, for listening for a whole damn year. I, uh, I certainly appreciate it. I know Yannick does. It's really been a t- total blast. Hope everybody stays safe, get vaccinated, wear a mask, be smart, take care of your neighbor. Yann, do you have anything for the beautiful people? Yeah, you know, just I, I know that the panda, it's we're so close, guys. We are so close. So get vaccinated. But but be smart, you know, like let's let's be conscious. Even if you don't have to merit wear a mask, let that be your first uh, you know, let that be your first inclination. You know, we're almost out of it, but you know, in Europe they're having to shut down places again a little bit. And we don't want a, we don't want another wave, guys. We don't want another wave to like get us, you know, kill off the people that don't have the vaccine yet. So let's just really be smart. Move I want to enjoy fall. my goddamn summer. Me too. Don't y'all fuck this up for me. I had a be, hot boy summer. Be smart. Come on. Don't fuck this up for me. I got a summer project. I need to get done. Right. Exactly. So don't ruin this for me and oh. Matt. That's my. Uh, that's my. That's my advice for you. Don't ruin this for us. Don't piss us off. Cheers, y'all.